incredibly embarrassing thing I did this weekend. <laughs> no, but I can't wait to hear it. Okay, so I was at work, and sometimes when we're busy, they keep, like, french fries up where, like, they're already made, and they can just, like, grab them and put them on the plates. Yeah. Well, sometimes us servers will, like, grab one and eat one, and the cook gets really frustrated with us when we do that. Well, Friday, I grabbed one, and I dipped it in the ranch dressing, and he caught me right as I was putting it in my mouth. And instead of, like, looking guilty or anything, I decided to, like, stare at him all seductively. Oh! <laughs> I put the french fry in my mouth. With the ranch on the tip, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> and he was, like, he was like, oh. Oh. Is that what it is? <laughs> French fry because I put the whole I was like shit you can't bite it now because that's gonna send the wrong message <laughs> so you were trying to send this message well I mean it would have gotten awkward if I bit it not that it didn't get awkward anyway <laughs> but yeah put the whole thing in my mouth and he was just like oh I'm sure he wasn't mad to see that <laughs> so the rest of the time he would be like I just put some fresh french fries in there if you want any more <laughs> That's some reverse psychology right there, man. <laughs> now you can have french fries. You can all have all the french fries. All the fresh fries you want now. Yeah, all the fresh, hot french fries. Yeah. All you yes. gotta do is put a little, put a little ranch <laughs> on that. <laughs> hey guys. Hey guys. This is Hollywood. And this is Paige Turner. And you're listening to Booklet Podcast. We're, uh, we're just called Booklet. I don't know where the podcast... It's because that's our handle on Instagram. Okay. Were you listening to Booklet, as you probably already know? Since you clicked on the button. Duh. And you can read, hopefully. I hope. Why are we so... (laughs) We got mean all of a sudden. (laughs) bitchy. (laughs) Real sassy-like. Sorry. (laughs) I did not mean to correct you. It just weirded me out when we said it. I don't know why. moving on. So, So today, we're talking about the water cure... By Sophie McIntosh. Good, I'm glad you remembered because I, I forgot. Did you know how I remembered? <laughs> huh? Because Sophie is my favorite name, and Macintosh like an apple. Neat. <laughs> I'm glad you had no way to remember that because I yeah. did not. Yeah. Um. And while we talk about the water cure, we are drinking a special cocktail. It is called Holy Water. It's holy, all right. Whew, it is putting holes in our memory. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really pretty. It's this really pretty, like, Caribbean blue color. Yeah. So it looks like, you know, really pretty water. And it is very strong. So And tasty. It's quite tasty. It's really good. Yeah. So. I will try to post the recipe in the description um, of the podcast like we did last time. Yeah, with so you can the... give it a try, too. Yeah, words. Okay. Um, All right. So, what'd you think of, I almost said winter one. <laughs> winter, oops. Whoopsie. What'd you think of the water cure? Um, I ended up really liking it, toward the end especially. The end was very good. I will do a little bit of a disclaimer. Um, the book is very depressing in the beginning, and it deals with some mental and a little bit of physical abuse and self-harm. So be very careful if you do decide to read the book or continue listening because some of the stuff gets really um, depressing and really deep. And so there are going to be a couple awkward parts. We apologize for that. We're going to try to keep it light as we can, um, which means we need to drink a lot more. (laughs) Yeah, but still Um, recognizing... 
the issues right at the hand here. Severity of the issues. Not laughing at anything or, you know, making light of any mental illnesses or any abuse. No, but we're we not just trying to make a point of that either. Right. And we drink because we get very uncomfortable when talking about it because it is very awkward to talk about sometimes. But the story itself is interesting. It is. It's very good. And a little bit of a spoiler. Admittedly, this entire podcast is a spoiler, but girl power at the end. Hell yeah. And so that's why, that's what made the book, like the end of the book, made the fucking book. And um, yeah, so it was really good. Uh, You want to start off or do you want me to explain Uh, things? Okay, so the book starts with um, the main characters are Grace, Leah, and Skye. And they are these three sisters who live on this island with their mother, who's only referred to as mother, and their king, who is their father, supposedly. But they only call him king. Yeah. Creepy. Yeah, very. But um, they live on this secluded island. Um, it's away from the rest of the world, and the girls were raised on this island, so it's all they know. Yeah, and their their parents tell them, King and Mother tell them, that the rest of the world is toxic, and that's why they live on this island, because it's to protect the girls, and, you know, not like we haven't heard things like that a million times. Right. But that's that was their idea, is to protect the girls and to provide a haven for other damaged, battered women to come and receive the quote-unquote water cure. Right, and um, damaged women would come from time to time to receive a water cure to help um, purify them from the traumas that they went through um, out in the world. But it has been a while since the last woman has been on the island when the story starts. Yeah. So the story starts, it's going to be a little bit difficult because it's a lot of world building in the beginning. And that's not fun to listen to. And the whole point of the podcast is to get you to read the book. So so please go read the book to get the full effect. So we're just going to kind of gloss over the beginning. Yes. Um, we're just going to jump right into the story here. Yeah. King has disappeared. They think he's dead because he left the island on a boat without all of his protective which, things. Which is all super unusual for him to do. Right. So they think he went out and there was an accident and he's dead. And right. And that's what they just assume. Right. And then Mother tries to help them cope with the grief by giving them sleeping pills for weeks. Not a night, but weeks on end. And then the girl, she finally starts to let up on the sleeping pills a little, and the girls start trying to get about with their day-to-day life. They're going through with the therapies that they've been taught from childhood will help them to deal with their emotions and to deal with the impurities in the air. Yeah. And they go about just being themselves. Right. So they're trying to go about their day-to-day life and just just get back to the routine of things. And a lot of this story is told in the point of view of Leah, who is the middle child. Right. And um, she looks up to her older sister, Grace, a lot. And she um, she starts to notice that Grace's body is changing, and she's afraid that Grace is dying. Uh, she's noticing that Grace's stomach is getting larger. And that Grace is tired a lot. Yes. And... That Grace gets sick sometimes. And so she thinks Grace is dying. The toxins are getting to her. They have this family dynamic where things that one person does will affect the health 
of another person. So Grace is kind of trying to take on, not Grace, Leah is trying to take on the hurt and sickness of Grace. And she's trying to make Grace better by not being emotional and continuing on with the things that they're supposed to be doing. Right. And Mother um, explains to the girls that um, Grace is pregnant. She's going to have a little baby, but she she doesn't explain exactly what that means because the girls have no idea what this is. Right. And, or where um, babies come from. Right. They have no idea. They think they... So she basically tells them that, oh, Grace asked the sea to give her a baby and the, gr- and the sea has granted her with one. Yeah. And... So I love I mean, reaction. the semen kind of did. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Sorry, that just came to me. <gasps> that was a good one. <laughs> and I love Leah's reaction, though, how she was like, well, that's not fair. Like, you know. I like, want one, too. Like a younger sister sort of reaction. Like, well, then I want one. So then she went to the ocean and would, like, ask the ocean, give me a baby. <laughs> but, of course, that doesn't happen. That, yeah, that's not how that works. Because <laughs> that's not how that works. No, not at all. <laughs> so there's this uh, big storm that yeah. happens. And... After the big storm, the girls all go out to the beach because they see stuff on the beach and they're trying to get rid of all of the dead fish that are toxic and impure. And they're trying to, like, purify their home. Well, on the beach, what do they find? Three men. Dun, dun, dun. Men. No. What not men? men. Anything but men. <laughs> right? Oh, God. <laughs> I have a dead fish. No, but of course well, the girl... <laughs> Oh, dear God. <laughs> and their whole lives, oh, they've been taught that men are bad. Yeah. Men, men are, are toxic. Yes. Except for They're King. dangerous. Except for King. They were taught that King was different. Yeah, because he was special. Uh, we're not going to get into that. No. We all know that's messed up. Um, anyway, so, of course, the girls are curious about the three men that have arrived, but Mother is like, um, hell no, and, like, tries to keep them away from them at first. Yeah, these um, men, so it's two older men and then a boy. Yes. And she's like, you all cannot come in the house. You all need to leave. I don't care where you came from. You need to go back. And, like, the boy is sick. Like, they've been in a storm. Yeah, they were, what do you call that, marooned? They were shipwrecked? Shipwrecked. Shipwrecked. (laughs) They were purple. And marooned? (laughs) No, that's a a word. I promise that's a word. I know, I know. I know, I know. It's just they funny. They were purple. <laughs> they were blued. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I digress. That went by the way I This is what happens when tired Paige gets drunk. Oh dear God. <laughs> So we find out, um, I guess we can go ahead and tell you their names. Their names are, um, there's Lou, and his son is the little boy named Gwill, and Lou's brother is the oldest, I think, and his yeah. name is James. So that's the three men that are there. I like how Lou and, what's the boy's name again? Gwill. Gwill, that's right. Have, like, weird names. And then there's I, mean, James. I know, I thought that too. <laughs> Lou, Gwell. Oh, and there's James. <laughs> that's like, that's like here's Antonio and Frederica, and here's Bob. <laughs> like an afterthought. Like, uh, well, we've run out of interesting names, for, so there's James. <laughs> uh, but James and Lou are brothers. Yes. 
And then uh, Grill is Lou's Lou's son. son. Right. So Mother does not let them in the house at first or anything. She makes them sleep outside the first night or two. Yeah. And she's like, stay away. You know, you don't, you you shouldn't be here. And um, after like the first night or two, she goes out there and she starts to have a little compassion for them. And she searches them for weapons first and then says, okay, you can... You can stay with us until somebody comes for you. And well, Lou promises that someone will be looking for them. Right. So Lou swears up and down that somebody's looking. But also, like, the only time that... The first time they come inside, Lou and Gwil, is because Leah sees them in the middle of the night in the rain, and they just want water. Yeah. They were denied food and water yeah. by mother. And Leah being the loving, emotional, quote-unquote, bad child. Yeah. Because who feels? Um, She let them in and gave them a drink, and she's like, oh, well, they're not so bad. Yeah. And She's like, they don't look that dangerous, and gave them a snack and right. some water and snuck them back out before Mother could see. Right. So then Mother, like, <laughs> makes them strip to make sure they have no weapons uh-huh. while she's holding a gun on them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the overkill. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just to make sure. Like, it drove me crazy. But she, she she, made them strip. She searched them. And she was like, well, I guess you can come in and stay until yeah. the people come in. But she does have rules. She's like, you can stay. But none of my, no daughter is ever allowed to be alone with any of these men. And no men are allowed to go near any of the daughter's rooms. And men are never allowed to touch the daughters for any reason or she'll shoot them. Right. She'll kill them immediately. Yeah. So basically, I mean, in and of themselves, not bad rules. However, if you do break said rules, the punishment is sudden and instant death. Like, no second chances, no warnings, just you touch yeah. and you die. You touch, you're out, you're dead. No second, no... Th- no questions asked. Um, so they agree to the rules. and um, Well, of course they're going to agree to the rules. They want food and water. Yeah. And um, so Mother does teach the girls how to shoot the gun. And they um, find a dead bird on the beach. And Mother says that it's not a good sign. So they do their whole ritual to get rid of it. Cleansing this... ritual with salt. And they bury it. And yeah. they burn it. And, yeah. Or they, I guess they burn it and then they bury it. <laughs> <laughs> the other some kind of order <laughs> you know they do the things with the stuff <laughs> <laughs> um so they start to ration supplies because now they don't have king going to the mainland to bring them supplies so the men start to uh they start to fish to help provide food and um leah sees um the affection that lou has for Gwell, and uh she gets emotional over that yeah because... she's she gets a little jealous yeah she's like she's Ooh, like, i want that right and um, they do these daily exercises, um, like stretches. I say, like, I basically saw it as them doing yoga. Yeah, basically. And um, so Leah actually notices Lou um, staring as she's as they're doing these exercises. And you know, so she starts to show off a little and tries to act like she's doing better than her sisters. Right. I think it's kind of important now to mention. Um, in their rituals, they did something called drawing irons where each iron has somebody's name on it and you draw an iron out and that becomes your most loved person. So did I understand it right? Where like, say if Grace drew King's name, King also had Grace's name. I'm actually not sure how all that went. That that whole drawing irons thing did confuse me. 
I'm not sure how that worked. Because there was always one person left out. Right. And I'm not and sure how that happened. It would make sense, like, if it did it that way, where, like, one person draws somebody's name, those two people are the mo- those two most loved. I guess so. Because there's five people. Right. Otherwise, there would always be somebody. Right. But for some reason, yeah, the way, the way that they would draw them, someone was always... Um, the least loved. Yeah, the least loved. Someone's name was not drawn. And, um... And, of course, it was Leah, the middle child. Yeah, she was the one drawn, and I think they did it once a year. But it something. seemed like she was always the least loved. Yeah. So I wonder if that was, like, rigged. Probably. You know what I mean? Probably, yeah. Um, and so poor Leah is starved for affection. Because it's not just saying they're the least loved. Like... The theory behind this is you have somebody that you love more than everybody else. And so if there's a emergency, you're going to save that person. Mm-hmm. And the other one's just left to die. Right. And if you're going to show affection to somebody, it's going to be your most loved. Right. And that would carry on into their everyday life, too, not just in an emergency. Right. Like if you wanted to give someone a hug, the least loved person was not getting a hug. Right. So, so, Leah's been deprived of this, it seemed like, her whole life. Yeah, seems like. And put a lot of responsibility on her that shouldn't have been. Right, so of course she's starved of attention, and she sees these... These guys. These this guys. guy, checking her and out. And she's like, hey, and he's actually, like, watching her as she's, you know, going about her daily life. And she's like, ooh, I got some attention. So she's, right. like, really liking this. And she's like, what else can I do to get some attention? Yeah, and, um, like, they have a swimming pool. And um, so Mother would have the men and the girls sit on opposite sides of the pool. Well, Leah would um, come out there and, like, take off her covering and, like, jump in the pool and, like, try to show off more. Right. Watch how big a splash I can make. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Exactly. um, Figuratively and literally. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And um, so Mother just notices that Leah's kind of trying to show off to these guys, and she chastises her for it. And um, she also gives them, like, I've envisioned it as, like, two sarongs tied together at the corners that they have to wear. So they're basically wearing mumus now when they go in the sun. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, they, they, they just... They describe it as a silk fabric that they have to lay under when they are sunbathing. Oh, I just... <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> know what you're talking about, but... I know what a moo is, but... <laughs> I'm so dumb. Have you seen the videos of the guys in the, the big blankets that they're, like, in the middle of? Uh-huh. That's what I envisioned, but oh. it's silk instead of a blanket. <laughs> that worked. I was imagining something a little more elegant than that, because it's like silk. Yeah, that totally so, was not. But that's that works. I think that's the same concept of covering. <laughs> Oh, I'm so dumb. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it works. It works. They had to cover themselves. That's the point. Completely. The point, point is, Mother was making them be a little bit more modest. She didn't want anything to happen. <laughs> but, um, of course, this that doesn't dissuade Leah at all. And um, Leah actually ends up running into Lou into the hallway one day and um he tells her that she, he thinks that she is beautiful and she her little heart gets to fluttering and she oh, gets yeah. butterflies later so she's starting to think she's thinking about him a lot 
And um, as one would, right? And so one day she goes out into the forest, and Lou ends up following her into the forest, and um, and she she shows him around a little bit, shows her shows him her favorite spots, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, but she doesn't totally trust him. She does make him walk in front of her, and she has these like thoughts while they're walking of. I could kill him so easily. Yeah. Which was so weird and random. Right. But she also had the idea, you know, that stems from the fact that he could also kill me so easily. Right. So that's... I mean, I can't deny that I've ever had similar thoughts. Oh, yeah. I mean, what woman hasn't? Oh, but like, it's so ingrained in these people that men are bad that her... Her her first reaction is, how can I protect myself from this man? Right. Even like, if he doesn't mean any harm. I want his attention, but also he could kill me. <laughs> oh, man. That's life. <laughs> right? Honestly. The Tinder life dating. <laughs> Tinder dating. No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the worst part is you're not totally wrong. <laughs> no, I the worst part I is deny that. we're both on Tinder. Okay. <laughs> yes, folks. If you hadn't already noticed, your fun-loving gals who are so outgoing and you know do things like podcast on the weekends, <laughs> we're on Tinder because <laughs> we don't people very well. well I mean, we read a lot, so a I mean, that should tell you something right there. <laughs> All of our questions are fictional. <laughs> Ooh, don't get me started. <laughs> <sighs> oh my god. Um, so another thing to point out, though, is while she's showing him around the forest, she also shows him the border. Um, at the edge of the forest is just this this um, electric fence, and they're never allowed to cross it. Um, because there's toxic things Right, it's on dangerous the out there. Because that electric fence cleanses, the, purifies the air. Right, apparently. <laughs> That's what they think. And that it, it um, protects them from, like, dangerous animals and whatnot. So they, they never cross this border. And, um... <laughs> Sorry. That was a really strong drink. Ugh. Oh, and he... Um, so as they're walking around, um, he picks a flower... And he, um, I think he puts it in her hair or yeah. something, and he gets real close to her, and he kisses her. Aww. Her first, first kiss. Wow. Oh. <laughs> and, um, but that night, she brushes her teeth four times. <laughs> because <laughs> toxins in that kiss. Toxic man. <laughs> got his man germs. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> the cooties. <laughs> To get rid of the cooties. <laughs> and then doesn't she rinse with salt water? Yeah. <laughs> because the rinse water purifies. Right. And so the she, water cures. Exactly. So she does that and she brushes her teeth a bunch. Like until they bleed. Yeah. Yeah. Like a bunch. Yeah. Because she's scared. And um, so anyway, um, later that night, Lou leaves a note um, in Leah's door to meet him at the pool. Like, he slides it under the door. He doesn't, like, write it on the door. He yeah. said he leaves it in the door. At the door. I mean, <laughs> I was hoping you understood that he didn't, like, carve it into the door frame. <laughs> He's slightly more stealthy than that. I 
was hoping you you kind of understood that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm tired and I'm tipsy and I have to state the obvious. He slips a note on her <laughs> to meet her at the pool late at night. And um, she does go. She goes with him, and they kind of hang out at the pool. And then they eventually go down to the beach, and he lays a towel on the sand. All romantic and shit. And they lay down together, mm-hmm. and we know what happens. Dun, dun, wait, no. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. I just got that. <laughs> Who doesn't love Mamma Mia? Uh, so good. I know, but I, you got a movie reference. I know, I know. But did you see the second one? Yes, I, I cried love, the whole time. I saw it with my mom. Oh, my so God. So it was, like, super great for both of us. Because they were like, Mom! I love your mom. And she was like, Mom! <laughs> it was great. Okay, so, yeah. A little hanky-panky goes on down on the beach. <laughs> which, of all the places, the beach, the beach is, like... The worst place ever. <laughs> the sand never stays where it's supposed to. I'm not going to say what I want to. <laughs> I'm not going to say what I want to. I feel like Hallie's got secrets. <laughs> I got stories. Let's just say that. Hold up. Okay, so, you know, they do you know what. And, you know uh, where with you know who. Right. And she has a great time. And she thinks, you know, all's well. And, you know, maybe my parents weren't so wrong about Maybe they were wrong about men. Like, maybe they're not all so bad. Right. Um, but then she goes to the bathroom, and she sees that she's bleeding. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm dying. Yeah. She's like, this is it. They were right. I'm going to die. But then, you know, the bleeding does stop. And then she's like, okay. It does. And she's like, okay, maybe maybe I am okay. But she's so, not sure. Right. So she's still, still kind of so like, well, that was weird. So maybe, I don't know, but I am okay. I'm still alive, but maybe that wasn't okay. Because she's just kind of on edge because she enjoyed it. Right. At the same time, she's like, I know I shouldn't have. And then I'm bleeding. Right. So I think I'm dying. Right. So she's all confused. Right. But, um. Cause, because confusion is typically what happens after your first time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Just most people don't think they're dying. Right. <laughs> Poor girl. Poor girl. I can't imagine. And, um, I meant, never mind. I was going to, she had her period. Is she old enough for that? I mean, she would have to be. Yeah. I would think. I just, I don't. Otherwise, that got real creepy. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's just, it's, they don't, I always thought, like, like at the beginning of the book, I thought they were, like, teenagers. I thought they were really young. And at the end, they make it sound like they're a lot older. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're older. Yeah, like, They like just adults. seem so young because of Because the of how they act. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because of how sheltered and... and right, because how adolescent they, they seem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because there comes a point in your life where if you are not exposed to some parts of the outside world, you cannot progress mentally right. past a certain level age. of a teenager. Right, okay. So that's probably where that confusion comes in. Right. Um, so, so that does... Bring up a point. How did they explain a period if... Right, that's what was my... That was... That's how I was a little bit confused there. Like, if she didn't... I mean, I guess it's one thing for her to not know that, you know, sometimes you bleed after your first time. But, I mean, how did she she, not know that bleeding was not normal if she didn't have... 
magical period beforehand. It could be that they just explained sort of what a period was. Just not, they probably just glossed over it. Right. And not fully explained. There, I'm sure there was some moment of pain during the dots, between the dots. Between the dots. (laughs) (laughs) And she probably knew it's not my time to bleed. And so the fact that I'm bleeding now is a problem. Is abnormal. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Okay, so um, later, I think, like, the next day or something, um, time is a little illusory here. I think it's later that day. Later that day? Yeah, because she's feeling really guilty about the fact that she was on the beach having dots. Yeah. While... Grace is going into labor. Yeah. She's, um, she's having her baby, and, you know, there's no morphine or anything. She's obviously, like, in a lot of pain. In a shit ton of pain. She's going through the whole natural birth. And there's blood Everywhere. Everywhere. It's terrifying. And, um, well, the baby's born, and tragically, it's a stillborn. And in their eyes, even more tragically, it's a boy. Yeah. Because boys are bad. Yeah. So, nobody tells Grace. No, they tell her it was a girl. Yep. And, um... And mother takes the baby and wraps it up and gives it to Leah and says, get rid of it. Yeah. So, Leah has to take the baby, the baby's corpse, out. She takes it out on a boat and buries it at sea. Yeah. But before she does, she, like, unwraps the baby and looks at it. Yeah. And sees that it's a boy. She's so, like, confused at this point because she was so looking forward to the baby being in their lives. Yeah. Now it's a boy and boys are bad, but it was just a baby. And why did mom lie and say it was a girl? So, she really... And it's dead. And it's dead. And she's ha- and she is having to bury it. Yeah, she has to bury it at sea, which I God. it can't be easy. No, not at all for anybody. God. So you know she she lets the baby go in the water, and um, you know she has a moment to mourn. She cries, and she has to do it away from everybody else because remember emotions are bad. Right. So she she's hiding mourns her. while she's still in the boat out on the water. Yeah. Because she knows she can't do that when she gets back home, which is so sad. This poor child. So, um, oh, but later, um, like the next day, they're they're doing ex- their daily exercises, and um, mother lays them down on the ground and puts sheets over each one of them and tells them they're allowed to cry for five minutes to grieve for the baby. Yeah. Can you imagine being completely hidden? I envisioned it as being, like, symbolic of being buried. Yeah. So you can grieve for five minutes. Five minutes is all you no have. More. Just to grieve for this major loss. Like, especially for... For Grace. For Grace. Like, five minutes is not enough. No! At all. Five hours, five days is not enough. No. Like, I, but that's how... That's how they, they dealt with that's it. That's how they, they do. That's how they do. So later, um, Leah sees a... Well, she thinks is a ghost on the sea, but um, she thinks it's too big to be the babies. And she goes to get Grace, but it disappears before Grace can see it. And Grace tells her not to tell Mother. And that's all that they say about the ghosts on the water. And that does happen multiple times throughout the book, that there is a ghost on the water. And I don't know exactly what that means. Yeah, they don't explain there is, what it is. It's very vague. It's just like what they think is a ghost. But there's no other details for you as a reader to um, gather any sort of information to figure out what exactly it is that they're seeing. So I never could interpret that. Yeah, I couldn't either. It was very I don't know confusing. if it was like a boat with like white sails or something. No, or like, I think it was like, I think it was the baby. The corpse? Could you not say that? Well, I don't know how else to say that. It was the baby's body. It's the baby's dead, bloated <laughs> body. What else? How was you up? Clinical to call it the court. But that makes 
makes it easier it's to say. Remain. Oh god, <laughs> I don't want to think about that. It's so hard. Oh my god. But like, I don't, I don't know, because it happens multiple times. So I don't know if it's yeah. But the other because you know another does. thing that that um they do. Leah sees a big strange bird in the sky multiple times, which we all know is an airplane right. looking for, well, as we assume, looking for the boys, the, boys, the guys. Yeah, but she thinks it's a big bird. weird bird in the sky. So I was thinking, well, maybe it's a. I never got that it was an airplane. Really? I'm so dumb. Well, see, I got that, but I, I couldn't figure out the whole ghost thing. I'm so dumb. Sorry, guys. I'm making myself another drink, so if you hear any liquidy sounds, that's what it is. Um. <laughs> so we, well, we all get real quiet. Dead silent, just so we can hear it. For emphasis, here it is. <laughs> I'm making the little drink a drink. Drink a drink. Drink a drink. All right, so here's a big... Big plot in the story. The very next day, mother disappears. Glug, 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 glug. I wonder if you can hear that. I'm sure they can. It actually went glug, 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 glug. <laughs> I love the fact that it was like, mother disappears. Glug, 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 glug. glug. <laughs> oh, I'll have a drink to that one. Um, <laughs> no, I was thinking about she disappears in the water. Glug, oh, no. Glug, glug, glug. Nobody knows that. Well, I know, but the whole thing's about the water. And it they're is, on the beach. It is. That is the whole premise. <laughs> <laughs> Mother disappears. <laughs> um, so the men say that they saw her leave on the motorboat. Okay. Shush. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're saying. I'm not saying a word. Don't say it. I know what you're saying. <laughs> Shit! (laughs) She leaves on the boat! (laughs) Anyway, that's what the men say. And the girls find it highly unusual that Mother would just leave without telling them. Or leave at all, actually. She's... Mother doesn't leave. Mother doesn't do the things. Mother doesn't do that. But, um, you know, the men try to, like, you know, try to help them, you know, see some reason in it. They're like, oh, you know, maybe, you know, don't panic. Maybe she just went to go get supplies because, you know, you know, King's not here to get a supply. So right. maybe so she, somebody has to go get right, supplies. Right, so maybe that's what she's doing. Because we didn't mention, but these people live off of canned goods and not yeah. vegetables. And, no, they live off of, like, canned fruit cocktail and tuna. Yeah, and whatever like, fish they can catch. Yeah, so it's not and like now they it's... have the best of diets. <laughs> seven people? <laughs> At the count. Well, no, it's not seven people. Wait, three boys, and three, three girls, girls, and mom. Mom's gone. Well, now she is. <laughs> but, like, before, that was seven people they were having to feed with these canned goods. Right. So, that's a lot of mouths. <laughs> How many fish can you catch? <laughs> not many. So... Um, that's what they tell the girls, and the girls, but they still, they're like, no, this isn't right, something's not right, because she wouldn't have just left. She would have told us, we would have had a whole ritual. Right. Like, she would have had to be protected from the toxins. Right. Um, but they try to keep them calm, and, um, so, Leah, um, she sleeps with Lou again. And this becomes an ongoing thing. Yes, like, this does become, um, a regular thing that they do. They sneak around and sleep with each other. And, like, all secrets... They're not the only ones who know. Right, right, right. Like, everybody can see what's going on. Can they, though? 
Yeah. That Lou and Leah are sleeping together. Yeah. James knows. Yeah. And Grace knows. They suspect, but they don't know yet. No, I think James knows. James probably knows. <clears throat> um, so it's, it's been like a day or two. And um, so the girls are getting worried about Mother. And they they um, they go to the border together. And so Grace yells, see, you know, maybe... Maybe uh, mother crossed the border. Maybe she got lost in the woods. So she's yelling and, um, you know, nothing's happening. So um, Grace ties a bits of cloth on trees. So like, oh, maybe if mother sees this, she can find her way back. And, um, you know, just trying desperately to find a way to find mother because they're right. starting to freak out. And um, so, yeah, but and now Leah is, you know, mother's not around. So it's also kind of exhilarating, you know, so like. She can do what she wants. But while the cat's away, the mice will play. Right. So she starts to, you know, she lays on the same side of the pool as the men do, which she couldn't <gasps> no. do before. Right. But that's something she can do in front of her sisters. So right. Like, that's that's a big deal. Right. Plus sleeping with Lou, but, you know, they supposedly do that in secret, right? Right. They think nobody else can see that. But, like, so she's getting some more, um, she's grown some balls, I guess you could say. <laughs> she's getting cocky that she can, um... Do things do that things. she can't do when mother's around. You know, right. like they go and um, they hang out in their mother's room and go look through all her stuff that they weren't ever allowed to do. And they find like a lot of pills. Yeah. And like they just, they find things that. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> words, words. They find things that make them start to question the way they were raised. Yes. Yes. Do you happen to remember what any of those were? No, I didn't write it. <laughs> Aside down. from the pills, I don't really. Remember I didn't write much. any of that down. Then you know, little clues here and there. Yeah. The outside world, and that maybe their parents weren't so right in the way that they raised them. But um, um, Lee and Lou fuck in the forest. Yeah, we get it. They fuck a <laughs> there's lot. A lo- there's a lot of <laughs> sleeping around in a lot of places between oh, the two of them. Okay, this is a, this one's actually important. So Lee and Lou, um, they go out in the forest, and you know, they fuck in the forest, and um, when they come out. They actually see um, Grace and Skye um, questioning Gwil about his mother. And Gwil is crying and he's upset. And, and Lou... They're not just questioning him. They are bullying him. They're, like, him. interrogating. Yeah, and yeah. bullying him. And, like, saying, like, things like, well, what would your mother think? Or where is your mother? Why isn't she here? Like... Yeah. Things that no child should have to try to answer. Right. But these girls don't know any better. They're just trying to get answers. You know, yeah, from the so outside world. Awful. It is. It is. But they don't know how to act. You know what I'm saying? They don't they don't really have any social interaction outside of this. Um, right. They don't know what's right or wrong. I know. I get it. I just. <sighs> but poor Gwell is, it's still awful because he's obviously traumatized for some reason or another. Don't know right. yet. But mother's not in the picture and it's upsetting to him. Right. And um, his mother, not mother, mother. Right, right, right. Gwil's mother. And um, so Lou sees this and so he gets angry and he tells them to stop. And um, so they do. But, you know, Lou didn't like that at all. And um, so later, later that night, um, the girls kind of have this realization that, oh, my God, mother is gone. It's been too long. She's not coming back. She's not back. coming back. It really hits them. She's not coming back. And now it's just us on the island with three men. Yeah, that we don't really know. Yeah. And so they fall into hysterics and they, you know, they're, they don't know what to do. The men, they, they find them, you know, like this upset and um, they try to comfort them. They make them like hot chocolate. And um, they say, you know, um, we've been thinking. And when we go back to the mainland, we want you guys to come with us. You can't right. stay out here on your own. <laughs> You're going to run out of food soon. Right. And um, so Grace kind of speaks for the, the girls because she's the oldest. And she's like, absolutely not. We're not going anywhere with you guys. We're, this is our home. We're 
staying here. Right. And um, but secretly Leo is like, hell yeah, I want to go with you. I want to keep doing the dirty. Right. And um, as far as we know, Sky is basically the thinks this exact same way that um, Grace does. Yeah. And is like, no, this is home. Um, but we don't get a whole lot of narrative from Sky, So it's not very much. Which it's... I didn't like that in the book. Um, you get a lot of Leah narrative, obviously. Right. But you do get a good get amount a good bit of, of what Grace. Grace is thinking. But you really don't get anything about what's going on through Sky's head. No. And I would have really liked that to know what she thinks. I Being thought, that she's the youngest, like, right. how is she seeing any of this? You know? But, um, so, um, later on, um, Sky wants, oh, speaking of Sky, Sky wants to cut her hair short. Because they were, um, they all had their hair super long. Right. They weren't allowed to cut their hair. And, you know, Mother's gone, and Leah's doing things that Mother wouldn't approve of, and so, and she's not getting sick and dying from it. Right. So maybe Sky can cut her hair and everything will be okay. Yeah. So Sky's like, I want to cut my hair. And Leah's like, no, you shouldn't do that, you know. But um, Grace is like, you know what? Fuck yeah, she can. And she grabs the scissors and she cuts all her hair off for her. Yeah. I did think it was rather weird how a lot of times Leah was the one being, <laughs> Leah was the one being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Rebellious, being rebellious, and yet in this one instance, Sky and Grace are like, "Yes, let's be rebellious. Let's cut the hair." Yeah, like, I just thought it was weird. I think it was almost a jab at Leah because Grace, Grace was almost a. I think Sky was just doing her own thing. Like, I just want to cut my hair. Grace was allowing Sky to cut her hair because Leah was like, "Well, no, you can't do that." And Grace is like. Okay. Who Sky died and made you queen? Cause yeah. Bitch, I'm here. Yeah. No, but she's like, okay, but you going around hanging out with these dudes and that's right. okay. But Sky can't cut her hair. You know what? Yeah. We're going to cut Sky's hair. Yeah. I, I guess I can kind of see that. Cause it was really kind of Grace's call. Yeah. In the end. So I think, I think that's how that played out. It that was kind sense. of a jab at Leah. That makes sense. Not necessarily. That's my crutch. <laughs> I know, but you're telling the whole story and I want okay, to tell Okay, well, come on. I can't tell the story if you're reading all the notes. Okay, we'll do. Yeah, sorry guys. We don't do this off the top of our heads. We have to read the notes because it's been like two weeks since I've read the book. Okay. It's well, not longer. You, you play off the rest of it. Okay. So, um, that night, Sky has a nightmare and Grace makes her do a therapy. So one of the therapies that they do is they drink salt water until they throw up. And that kind of purifies them from the inside out. Right. And this was kind of um, Leah's like, like, not like, I told you so. Kind of right. thing, you know, like, right. oh, you cut your hair so you had a nightmare. Exactly. But all three of the sisters do the therapy. They all, where's your drink? It's empty. It's empty. Do you want mine? I can't drink mine. I can. I'm going to be, like, not able to stand up if I drink mine. I can drink it. You drink it. I made it really strong, I think. <laughs> As we pointed out last time, Holly is the drinker. I am not. It doesn't have any vodka in it. I was about to say, I was like, I don't taste it. <laughs> Where's my vodka? <laughs> I put a lot more rum in mine and no vodka because I don't like vodka. <clears throat> I love vodka. But that, you know, that just makes it more dangerous because rum is sweet. I can drink a shit ton of rum before I notice that I'm drunk. Because it just tastes so good. That's your last one because you have to work tomorrow. Fuck you, right. Okay. (laughs) Can you feel your nose? Yes, but I always can. I can feel you. I'm not touching your lips. (laughs) I can still feel them. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, we had to do a drunk test on Holly. (laughs) Drunk test. Can I feel my lips? And I can touch Holly's nose, so we're good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, the girls do the therapy, drink the salt water, throw it all up. 
they think they're fine now. So Leah and Lou do some more dot, dot, dotting in Leah's room, thinking they're all undercover. And as Lou leaves, he runs into Grace. And um, Leah, like, tries to hide and pretend that she's not there and hide up from Grace. But Grace knows and is furious. Yeah, because now she has evidence that, okay, they're sleeping together. Right. And let's not forget, Grace had a baby. Grace knows. Grace knows. Grace knows. What's going on. Right. Leah still doesn't know that that's how babies are made. No idea. Yeah. We still never really hit the point that Grace was pregnant. By King. By King. Obviously, because that's the only other man. Yeah. Which we'll get to later. It does come up later, but. I didn't want to have to verbalize that. It's so icky and cringy. But it's not as. Yes, it is. It comes. It comes later. It's still icky and cringy. Yes, but it's not quite as. Just, just. It comes up later at the end is when it all clears up. It's still awful. But it is, it is, it is what you think it is. But, um. Yeah, so Grace is furious. Leah has her feelings hurt because, you know, she's just trying to get a little love. And Grace is furious at her for it. Well, Lou later tries to make her feel better and cheer her up. And he puts on the protective suit that King would always wear when he left the island to go get supplies. And Leah does not find it funny, like, at uh, all. No. Whatsoever. Because um, this also makes her realize that Mother's well, not wearing the suit. Yeah, so she's she left without protection. Yeah. So that is a huge, huge red flag. So she's not finding this funny. Not at all. But um, she plays it off. And, and she's worrying more about Mother. Like, it's just a big eye-opener for her, in yeah. a way. Um, it gives her more to worry about because it's not like she's not worrying about enough. So, again, more adult activities between Lou and Leah, and she gets nauseous. And Lou kind of blows up at her and is like, bitch, you better not be pregnant. And yeah. she's like, oh, what are you talking I got about? so angry at this part. Right? So incredibly angry. So this is when I started to, like, really, like, I kind of felt sorry for the guys at first. And this, I was like, bitch, no, he didn't. Like, I was, <laughs> I could not believe that. Because he, by this point, they know how these girls are. They know that they're protected and they know that they're, like, very cut off from the rest of the world. They know and how naive he, they are. And then he has the audacity to say, like, oh, so, like, you are, like, taking precautions, right, to not get pregnant. Like, you think she's got access to birth control? Right? Well, maybe you should have thought about that before you decided to get your rocks off in her. Exactly. Like, it's just, I don't understand. Ugh, I don't know, that just pissed me off so bad. And I think, I kind of think it was a brilliant thing for the author to put in there. Yeah. Because. But, like, putting blame on her. You know what I'm saying? So, if she were to get pregnant, he would tell her that it was her fault because, oh, well, she wasn't taking precautions. Yeah, but it's so brilliant on the author's part because it gets you angry at the men. Yes. And it will just solidify in Leah's mind, if she were to get pregnant, that men are toxic and Uh cause problems. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And you're right. That is very genius. Yeah. Like, it was brilliant. And and that's when I started to turn, and I was like, okay, I'm not hating this. Like... Yeah. That was pretty genius. Yeah. I didn't think about it that way, but you're right. Yeah. That was a great, great little tidbit to throw in there. Yeah. 
Like, perfect. Brilliant. But, of course, this gets, um, you know, Leah's confused. She's like, what does he mean, you know? Right. But she's like, she thinks about, like, the therapies that she does. And she was like, like, yeah, yeah, I I take take precautions. I take precautions, yeah, all the therapies I do. I take salt water and take scalding hot baths. Right, and she thinks that's, you know, she has no idea what birth control even is. She's not, that goes way over her head. I might have to take this part off. But doesn't she, like, put bleach in her bathwater one time? Maybe. I don't remember. I don't remember. But she might. Because they go through a lot of bleach. Yeah. I think she takes a bath in bleach. Probably. That this sounds like it might be right. Yeah. Oh, and she also, the self-harm. She self-harms. She cuts her leg. Yeah. And she also thinks that that is part of a precaution. Yeah, um, it helps protect herself and from everyone around her from her emotions. Is by letting it out through um, cutting herself. Which, again, is such a strong analogy on why especially teenage girls cut yeah oh yeah for sure i need to not feel my emotions so let me f- let me feel something and Through feel bodily pain, pain that I can rather control. than emotional pain yeah, yeah exactly that is exactly what what it is yeah and it it is so and i, I feel like i'm gonna say this word wrong because i've only ever read it and i don't know that i've heard it but poignant do you know that like am i saying it right i think so poignant that she, that it's Leah, the middle child, the least loved, the one who has all of these emotions that she's always in trouble for displaying. But, you know, it's funny that she's a middle child and that she's the least loved because I don't know if you're familiar with, like, the um, like the dynamic of a, a middle child. But they, they do, are. They do say middle children, I am middle child, by the way, but um, the middle children are do get the least amount of attention in a normal family just because um, the first one gets a lot of the attention for being the first for being the firstborn and then then the the second one comes along and okay you get a little bit of attention but then once the baby comes along then the baby gets all the attention so the middle child gets the least amount of um, that attention right so I'm kind of I'm seriously messed up on this whole dynamic because technically I'm a middle child. Uh-huh. I have nine siblings, listeners. <laughs> Jesus. Nine siblings. Granted, split family. They're not all full siblings. Right. But I have nine siblings. I went from being the baby of the family to being the oldest one left at home in a time when my parents' belief system and lifestyle changed so drastically mm-hmm. that I was basically an old the oldest child but also a middle child wow like i don't know what i am (laughs) that is very confusing very much so at least for me it's like no doubt i'm middle child because i'm one of three and i am right in the middle (laughs) so i'm absolutely a middle child (laughs) but i mean it's all good i mean i think i turned out okay and I, mean, I, I have I a great, I have, okay. yeah, and I have a great relationship with my family. So you know, you know, they she got the love she needed. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. And you know, they say um, middle children are often the most independent children too. So like, and even you though are they don't independent, oh, hell yeah, <laughs> especially and you, compared, had, you oh. had enough <laughs> enough damage as a child to make you funny like me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a dark humor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um. So yeah. Leah, uh, back to the story, now that we're done psychoanalyzing ourselves. Right, right. And our placement in our family. Enough personal talk. Let's get back to the story. (laughs) That makes me uncomfortable. Right. Um, So Grace decides that she wants to cut her hair, too, just like Skye did. Yeah. And Leah's still like, why are y'all cutting your hair? Like, where is this coming from? Yeah. Okay. Miss, I'll spread my legs open for the first man who kisses me. Right, but it's a big deal that you're cutting (laughs) your hair off. Right? Which I found very, not indicative. Um, 
It happens a lot. Like the people who they find their thing that their rebellious thing and it's okay, mm-hmm. but anybody else's rebellious thing is wrong. It's not okay because it's yeah. not their rebellious thing. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Like you can have, I can have my problem, but you can't have yours. Yeah. Just because it's not the same problem. Right. Right. Which I could oh, talk yeah. about yeah. for a very long time. Oh, and Ooh, me too. Don't get me started. Don't get um, me started. So Grace and Leah start talking, and Grace kind of tells her that. She forgives her and will help her protect herself from what's going on with Lou. Yeah. And she Grace forgives Leah for what's going on with Lou because Leah's kind of afraid that she's making her sister sicker. Right. She's because a, she's letting a man into a body. Right, right. Um, because somehow... And they all, all kind of believe that. That's why yeah. Grace says tells Leah that she forgives her for what she's doing. Because right. she believes that it's affecting her as well, even though she has nothing to do with it. And Skye, who is completely innocent in this whole thing. Right. Um, but during their talk, Leah kind of pieces together where babies come from. But Grace right. is like, don't ever talk to me about that. We're not going to talk about where my baby came from. Yeah. So then Leah goes out, and she's emotional, and she's looking for a little bit of comfort. So she goes looking for Lou. Mm-hmm. And she finds him on the tennis courts playing with Grill. And up till this point... Anytime she's wanted attention, she's gone to Lou and he's given it to her. Yeah. Well, she finds him out on the tennis courts and he's like, I'm busy. Leave me alone. Right. Because he's on the tennis courts with his son. Right. He's playing his son game who, with his son. He was found not that long ago being bullied by Leah's sisters. Right. So now he's spending time with his little boy. And so, you know, Leah comes for attention and he's like, well, not right now. You know, I'm spending time with my son. But Leah doesn't take well to that because... Like you said, up until this point, she's been able to just ask for attention. He's given it to her. See, you're saying it, like, in a very understanding way. And I saw it as him being like, I'm still mad at you and blaming you for not using protection. Well, he doesn't know that she's not using protection because she doesn't know what that means. But, you know... I still think there's a problem. We still had a tiff, and I'm mad at you. Like, that's how I saw it. Wow, I, saw I didn't. It as, I saw it as him avoiding her. Wow. I didn't even see that. Because of the way that he's so go away, I'm busy. Yeah. It's not like I I'm really spending didn't. time with my son. I need that. Need, he needs me right yeah. now. I saw it as go away. I don't talk to you right wow. now. Wow. I really didn't even see that like that. I really thought he was really just spending time with his son right now. And, like, I'll catch you later, Leah. Right now, I'm I'm having some father-son time. Yeah. I'm not going to just leave my son to go fuck you real quick. You know, like... <laughs> oh, God, how awkward would that be? Exactly. So that's how I interpreted it. Yeah. I mean, you know. But I mean... We always way- have such very different viewpoints we on do. things. We <laughs> do. It's so funny. I love it, though. It, it's good, because... We make a good team that way because then you get multiple perspectives. Right. Sometimes from the same people. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So, like, Leah gets a little upset. She gets a little... I almost said tipsy. That's not the one I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, They get into a little tiff. That's... Yeah. Yeah, she About it. And she's like, why won't you pay attention to me? And he's like, no, not right now. And she slaps him. Like, she gets pissed and she slaps him. And he, like turns and he's like no you don't own me i am not your property back off i am spending time with my son yeah and see i guess that's what made me think that it wasn't just a oh i'm spending time with Gwil right now it was a go away you don't own me yeah leave me alone yeah that makes sense but it could have been both it could have been starting out like 
just by it spending time with my son and then turned into bitch calm the fuck down it could and you know nothing calms a woman down quite like being told calm down right <laughs> yeah because that will magically work <laughs> us women listen oh so well <laughs> Um, so out of spite, like Leah's pissed, she's goes into the house, sees James, and kisses him. Yeah. And he's like, What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, I know what's going on with you and Lou. Uh, what are you doing? And he's like, I can't do this. Yeah. Whoa. Much as I would like to, because yeah, obviously easy. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'd like to, but um no. Yeah. So Leah is starting to realize that all of her problems with the men is kind of stemming from the fact that she's not loved. She's the least loved. And she gets mad at the fact that she's the least loved and she was never chosen to be the most loved. Yeah. And she goes into her mom's room where the irons are, because we didn't mention this before, but the irons that they draw to decide who's the most loved, they get displayed on the wall. So it's there for Leah to see Every that day. she's the least loved. Yeah, for everyone to see, to make it absolutely clear that nobody's going to give her more love than anyone else. Right. So Leah gets pissed the fuck off, tears the irons down off the wall, and she buries them in the woods. And she's like, this is what happens. This is what it looks like when that is totally not what this says. <laughs> That's what I was talking about. Yeah. So she like she buries them in the forest and she's like, this is what a lack of love does to a person. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. That. This is what it looks like. This is what it looks like. This is exactly what happens when you don't get the love that you need. Yeah. You oh, and see- another sick twisted point that I need to point out real quick because it's, it's kind of. But, like, the irons, she was, um, it was her job to clean them every day. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, she was supposed to clean them and, like, care for the irons every single day. So, I guess it was kind of like a point to be, like, slapping her in the face. Yeah, like, insult to injury. Yeah. You will not forget that you are the least loved. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so she, she buries them in the forest. Yeah. And then she spots another ghost out in the water on her way back from doing that. And she goes and tells the guys and James and Lou, like, go to look at it. And they tell the girls, you stay inside with Gwil. We'll take care of this. We'll figure it out. You know, big, strong men. We're going to protect you. You stay inside. Yeah. So as the girls are waiting inside with Gwil, Grayson... Sky start questioning Will again about his mom. And he gets all upset and he runs outside crying and they just let him go. Yeah. But they don't think anything of it. You know, they're <laughs> like, all right, he, you know, he's upset and he rolls out and they're like, okay, well, we'll just let him have his moment, you know. I know. We press him too hard and they just let him go. How does Leah not go? How does Leah, Leah not follow him? You have, you can't forget that they don't have, um, they don't know how, how to be social. You know, they don't have, they don't know their social cues. Yeah, but she feels, she has emotions. Yeah. She knows she that she wouldn't want to be alone in that situation. Right, but she doesn't care for the son. I guess. She wants to fuck the dad. Right. <gasps> and if anything, she probably doesn't even like the son because it's a reminder to her that she wasn't, you know, she's true. That he's been be. with other women. Well, and that he's loved before. Oh, girl, I didn't even think about that. So she, if anything, she probably really just doesn't care about the kid. I was thinking it was more that because of their fight on the tennis courts, it's that could be to too. her that Lou loves Will more oh, yeah. than he likes Oh, her. that could be it too. That could be part of it. I didn't even think about the other women part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a constant reminder that, yeah. you know, he's loved before. Yeah. And, um, that could be hard. I get it. 
Especially when she's never been loved by anybody before. Right. So she just, she yeah. wants that attention for herself. And so they don't care. Yeah. And, and then, but Gwil never comes back. Right. So he runs away crying and never comes back. And the girls are kind of like, well, good, good riddance. Yeah. But obviously Lou is really upset and he's like, no, we need to find him. Which is really funny that Lou is so... Well, ins- no, actually, I think the girls think that um, Gwil went to meet the guys. And when the guys come back and they're like, Gwil's not with you. Oh, well, yeah. I was just skipping yeah. over that. Right. But so, like, point is, Gwil, nobody knows where he is. And it's getting to be a concern. So they all start to go look for him. Yeah, but the girls aren't that concerned that he's missing. Right, but they do help them look. They help him look, but that's because the guys helped them look when Mother went missing. That's true. But Out of courtesy, I guess, but not yeah. necessarily because they care. Right. Right. And so they go, and they're looking for him, and the girls are, are like, well, he's gone. But I think it's funny, and it's very telling, that the guys are looking harder for Grill than they did for Mother. Oh, yeah. The guys were just like, oh, Mother's gone. I'm sure she'll come back. But- uh-huh. Like, trying to make excuses. Like, oh, you know, she's probably just going to supply. She's, you know, she'll be back. But never actually really helping them look, which right. there's a reason for that. Well, and so they go into the woods, and they start following out to the fence line, Mm -hmm. looking for Grill, and they find him in the woods, and he is dead. He was stung by a bunch of hornets, so they think that he ran off into the woods, got lost, disturbed a hornet's nest, and they stung him until he died. Yep. Um, so the men lock the girls in a room in the house so they can bury Gwil, which I, I, I sort of got in that they were like, I kind I, of like mother. They dealt with the girl, like they put the girls someplace where they wouldn't have to worry about them mm-hmm. while they grieved. I understand that they wanted time to themselves, but at the same time, I feel like they didn't have a right to lock the girls they, away. They definitely didn't have a right to lock the girls in a room. No. Not in their own home. No. You know? But like, again... They have asked them for space. But again, it's them, it's the guys doing what everybody else in the girls' lives have done to them. Yeah. They pushed the girls aside, basically putting them on a shelf where they wouldn't have to worry about them so they could deal with their own grief. Yeah. Just like Mother did there. with the pills. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So these girls, like, these girls just get the shit into the stick all the way through. Um, so then Leah, Leah, Lou comes and takes Leah out on a boat. And Leah's, like, convinced that he's going to kill her because they had the fight and then Gwil died. And she's like, well, this is it. Finally, he's going to kill me. And he doesn't. They start making waves in the boat. <laughs> and <way> to put it. <laughs> All right. (laughs) Or as Holly so eloquently wrote, they fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can't get no more plain than that. (laughs) This just gives you the point. (laughs) Again, with the differences in our personality, I'm all, they're making waves, and Holly's like, they fuck it. You're making it a little more romantic, and I'm just like, look, man, they fuck. (laughs) The more you want. <laughs> I wasn't trying to necessarily make it romantic. I'm just, I like euphemisms. <laughs> a little more eloquent, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Leave some to the imagination. I guess. <laughs> and you just like, I'm just getting to they the point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Lou tells Leah that it's the last time. And she's like, but I love you. It can't be the last time. And uh. he's like, oh, but I don't love you. Basically. And I, I hate this part, too, because he tells her exactly what 
men say to all women usually basically like oh I thought you weren't like other girls right like I thought you were different and that you wouldn't be susceptible to you know feelings the good good dick (laughs) (laughs) it cracks me up when, when guys say that because it's almost like you know when the sex is good you're gonna fall for this it's almost like I thought you weren't gonna like it that much Damn, you're right. <laughs> so it's like they're saying, <laughs> I thought it was going to kind of suck for you. <laughs> I thought you were going to hate this, not love this. Oh. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Never ever thought of it that way, and you've totally just like expanded my mind just now. <laughs> you blew my mind. Like, wow, you really like. <laughs> like when guys say that, I'm always like, I don't think you're making the point. You think you're making? Yeah, it. <laughs> you're not. <laughs> wow, you're really just defending yourself here. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> oh my god. <gasps> okay, so yeah. Leah's heart is hurting right now. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. And so she runs down the down the beach. I almost said mountain. <laughs> she runs down the beach. You're stuck in Winterwood. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens when you listen to it for three days straight. Oh god. <sighs> um but she runs down the beach and while she's running, she finds the boat that was missing. Yeah. Buried in the sand. Uh-huh. And so she's like, wait. This was the boat. To remind you, this was the boat that their mother was supposedly to have taken to leave. Yeah. So you're like, and it's buried. um, that's, that's strange. Because how did it get buried if mother has it on the mainland? And how is mother not here if, if the, the boat is buried? Here? Yeah. Yeah. So Leah starts to get, like, a little freaked out. But she doesn't think about it too much right now because she's so heartbroken in the right. moment that she tries not to think about it. And she runs into the house and she finds Grace covered in blood. Yeah. So meanwhile, while Leah was out on the boat with Lou. Fucking. Fucking. Um, we're cutting back to what um, Grace and Skye and James were up to. So Grace and Skye and James are up on the terrace. And they look out over the ocean. And they see Lou and Leah fucking. Yeah. In the boat. Yeah. 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 They see it happening. Yeah. And James is like, yeah, I knew it. And Grace was like, I fucking knew it. Like, two totally different reactions there, right? Right. And James tells Grace to go to her room because he needs to tell her something. Mm-hmm. And while they're in the room, he confesses that he kissed Leah. And he's trying, like... This okay, is where so, things get weird. Yeah, it gets a little weird. Because, like, I saw it as kind of him trying to confess things to her. Mm-hmm. But why? Why yeah. does he need to confess it? I, I guess he felt bad. You just saw Leah fucking your brother. 
Yeah. And now you're going to be like, well, I kissed her too? I don't know. I don't understand <clears throat> what James is, what James even is. <laughs> yeah, I don't necessarily understand it either. But he also tells her that aside from just the fact that I kissed your sister, because your sister's a hoe, not that we're slut shaming. If you're no, going to no. be a hoe, you own it. Be a hoe. You be the best you hoe. You be a hoe, bitch. Yeah, you be the best hoe you can be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just say it. She has her reasons, though. She does. She does. She's just looking for the love and attention she never got as a child. Right. Or a teenager. Can't really or a call fucking her young adult. Can't really call her a hoe though. I mean, she just she's been with one the guy only two guys that she, she's that she's ever known and kissed one. And you know, like I mean, come on. I mean, I'm not really calling her a hoe. Right, right. But I mean, like I feel like James would be calling her a hoe. Right. So like he has no reason to call her that. Right. Stop <laughs> slut shaming. But anyway, he also tells Grace that beyond the fence is the mainland, and she's yeah. like, what? Beyond the fence is what now? Yeah, because she thinks that beyond the fence is like toxic and it can't be the mainland because they live on an island. Right. They've been told their entire lives that they live on an island completely secluded from the rest of the world. Right. But actually, it's more of like a peninsula. And beyond the fence, it's connected to the mainland. Yeah. So it completely like blows her mind that that she's actually can literally walk to the mainland if she wants to. Right. And that's just the first shoe that dropped. Yeah. Then he tells her that King is still alive and that King sent the guys to the island to go get the girls and bring them to him. Yep. And to kill mother because King has no more use for mother. Cause she because old she's now. old. Yeah. So they had her, they had, he had the guys kill mother. And say it was self-defense. Say it's self-defense. Yeah. And then take the girls back to King. On the mainland. Now it's a good time to say that King is obviously the father of Grace's baby. Obviously. Obviously. But that also Grace is not actually King's daughter. No, but still, he raised her as his daughter from a child. It's still... Isn't she mother's daughter, but not King's daughter? Isn't that how it is? I think so. Like, mother's daughter, like, mother's kid from another man. Right. And then King came into the picture, and then as he raised Grace, they kind of fell in love. No, no. Well, I mean... No! Okay, quote-unquote love. She fell in, I want daddy's attention. Okay. So and he fell in, like, I'm a fucking predator. Okay, so you say it's more like, um... Oh, what do you call that? Stockholm Syndrome sort of thing? He's the only man there, and... No, I think she may have, in her mind, thought it was love, but it wasn't love. That's what I'm saying. Quote-unquote love. Yeah, but... But it wasn't because she ends up growing to hate him. Well, yeah. He put, in her mind, a dead baby in her. Yeah. And not trying to go... And then left. Yeah. Right, right, right. And then, right. So not trying to go into the whole details there, but it is a fucked up situation. It's still cringeworthy. Very cringeworthy. She's not technically his daughter, but he still shouldn't have been fucking her. And she didn't know she wasn't his daughter? That's true. But she wouldn't have known that that was wrong either. No, but it's still... It's still wrong. It's all very, very twisted. Yeah. But now you know, that's what happens. And so, that's why... King wanted mother, you know, they killed mother because right. she was older and he had no more use for her when now he's got um, Grace. Grace. So he wants Grace and the other two girls. Right. So he supposedly sends these guys right. to come and do that. And Grace, her entire world has basically just been flipped upside down. Oh, yeah. And she responds, not in the best of ways. 
<laughs> but kind of understandable. Yes. She can't handle the fact that, like, she literally cannot process what he's telling her. No. Your father is alive. You've been lied to your entire life. I killed your mother. And so she grabs a knife and kills him. Just like that. Yeah. Immediately. She has she, happens to have a knife. Like, I think they're in the dining room. Some, yeah, somewhere. She just yeah. has a knife handy. And she just, out oh, of no. nowhere. No, she carried the knife on her for protection. Yeah. Once the men showed up, she started carrying a knife yeah, for yeah, protection. Yeah. And she just stabs him right in the throat. Yeah. She slashes his throat fucking open. Fucking kills him. Right there, dead. No more questions asked. Just done. Like She's like, that's enough. The literal she's literally like, of snap. She's literally like, shut up and just slits right. his throat. <laughs> I cannot handle the information you're giving me. I will fix it so that no more information leaves your face. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Slash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's why she's covered in blood when um, she meets up with Leah. Yeah, when Leah comes running up. So then um, Leah and Grace go and find Skye. Yeah. And they're like, well, we have to do something. Yeah. Like, we just killed James. We know that Lou helped kill our mother because, of on, course, Grace tells them. Yeah, now they're in survival mode. Right. And so they decide that they have to kill Lou. Yeah. I mean, kind of the only logical next step. Right. It's for survival. Yeah. It's kill or be killed at this point. Exactly. And so they find him. Well, they they, they find the gun that mother held on the men when they first showed up. Yeah. Which makes you wonder, did Mother know did Mother that know. King actually wasn't dead? Okay. And that well, the guys actually... were there for, like, did she know that the guys were there to take the girls? I don't know, but I, I think she knew that King wasn't dead because they, um, sometime in the story, Grace says that she goes through Mother's things and finds letters written by Mother to King saying things like, I didn't mean to make you leave. Or something like that. Oh my god, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and Grace kind of chalks up to, oh, you know, survival's guilt, you know. Right. She's just writing letters to kind of cope. And that's but how... But now that she knows that King's alive, maybe Mother knew that he was alive too. So what do you think happened that made King leave? I don't know. Do you think she threatened to kill him for getting Grace pregnant? Maybe. And I don't think Mother knew that the guys were there to kill her. No, I don't think they knew that she... I don't think she knew that the guys were there to kill her, but I think she knew that the guys were there to take the girls. Well, if she knew that King was alive, I think she knew that the guys were there to... Because that would explain why she was, like... So defensive. So adamant of... Stay I'm away putting from my the, girls. Yeah, don't touch my girls. Don't come around my girls. Get stay off my property. Like... Yeah. I always wondered why she was... Because she knew that... While guys might be toxic dangerous, and dangerous, she had more reason to fear them than just that they were toxic men. Right. She knew that there was something, some ulterior motive going on here. Right. There's more to this than just, oh, they innocently washed up on the shore. No. She knew, I think she knew better than that. But I don't know that she necessarily knew that they were going to kill her either. No, I don't think she knew that they were going to kill her. I think if she knew that King was still alive, I think she knew that they were there for the girls. Yeah. Which is more madness to this whole thing. Like, it's crazy and complicated and dark and fucked up. And everything is so vague that you have to really put all these pieces together and still kind of question whether you're really understanding what's going on. Right. But not so much that you finish the book and you're like, I don't understand what's going on. It's enough that you can have these conversations. Exactly. You can have these theories and questions about it and not be frustrated about it either. You know, I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of frustrated about it uh, a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I'm not left with 
too many questions to the point where I right. get frustrated and don't want to read anymore. I'm intrigued, you know, like right. I actually want to know more because of how it's like, I know what's going on, but what about these little bitty you know, questions that are left unanswered, you know? Right. Like, so I want to sit down with Sophia and be like, explain your yes, process. It's done, Tell me, am I right? It's done so well. It's, it's written very well. Yeah, she I did think. an amazing job. Oh, I okay, agree. so we're almost done, guys. Almost, almost done. Almost there. We're getting there. So, they decide they have to kill Lou. Yes. They find him. Sky knocks him the fuck out, which I love. Oh, I love that. Sky just comes up at the, you know... Little Sky and his right. throughout this entire thing. Sweet little sister. And she's the one to knock him out. I'm like, hell yeah. Yes. They tie him up. They take him down to the beach. And they say, Leah, you have to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. And Leah is like, I don't know that I can do that. Mm-hmm. He killed mother. He hurt me. But I still think I love him. Yeah. I don't know that I can do that. And Grace actually goes to the point, And she says that she knows that um, this is pushing it really far. But she actually tells her. You have to choose. Yeah. You know, him or us. Yeah. You, you kill him and you will actually be one of us. Yeah. Or you let him live and, and you, you can have him be. because you will never be one of us. Exactly. And Grace knows how that's going to go. Right. And, well, she knows because, and this is something we kind of skipped over in the, the world building part, but one of the things that they used to have to do, um, or one of the things that they were forced to do when they were younger was um, a love test and mother had a mouse mm-hmm. and told Leah you can either drown the mouse or you can make Sky drown the mouse. Yeah. And Leah didn't want to force Sky to do something that sh- was going to hurt her emotionally. So Leah sucked it up and did it. Yeah. To save her sister. Right. To save her the sister pain. the pain of having to do it. Right. So then mother turns around and says, here's a toad. And Leah's like, okay, I drowned the mouse. I can drown the toad. And mother's like, no, no, no. You can throw the toad in the fire or you can make Grace throw the toad in the fly- fire. Which is much more cruel. Way more cool. Especially since a toad can swim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and for a second, Leah's like, I can't do this. I can't be that heartless. I can't be that cruel to this toad. But then she thinks, I can't be that heartless that I have to, that I can let my sister be exactly. that heartless. Exactly. So again, she does the hard thing just to be one of the sisters. Yes. Even though she's the least loved. Just to just to be a part of that sisterhood. Right. Because she loves the most out of anybody. Yeah. And she's loved the least. Yeah. So here we are again, her having to choose. Her sisters. Between two hard things. Yeah. She's literally put between a rock and a hard place. I totally her didn't life. see the parallel of that until you pointed that out, by the way. You didn't? I didn't. Between like the choosing sisters or the pain for yourself. Yeah. And her having to do that up to the very end. Yeah, that is her last big decision is, do I choose to be one of the sisters or do I choose not to be? Yeah. And she chooses to be one of the sisters. And she shoots Lou. Yeah. She kills him. Yeah. And uh, they decide to, not they decide, they they do the water cure Mm -hmm. on each other. Yeah. Because they need to, and I see this as it's not everything else that was toxic. This place was toxic. Yes. This place was filthy and dirty and put so much filth and dirt into us. We have to get that out. 
They have to purify themselves and get out of there. And so they perform the water care on each other, and then they leave. They walk through the, the woods. They walk through the forest. They put branches on the fence so that they won't touch it and get hurt. And they step over, and they're scared. They're terrified. They don't know what to expect. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. No. But they hug each other, which they've never done. All three of them hug each other. Right. Which they've never done. Because they weren't allowed to. Right. They were, But now they can show that sisterly affection for each other. All three of them, even mm-hmm. Leah, and together they walk into a whole new world. Yeah. Like, I fucking loved wow. that. I loved, loved that ending. And see, you can kind of see how, how we feel about that now, like kind of like a slow beginning and like an okay middle, but the ending is so powerful. And it's That bond a... of sisterhood and just... And a... It's a rebirth of we were raised in shit and we were taught shit and we will rise above the shit yes oh my god i loved it i loved it i had i was was getting chills reading the end like it was so good okay so you know what was going through my head as i read the end what who runs the world girl yes yes i'm pretty sure i listened to that that same day and was like who wants this motherfucker girl Just like blaring it all the way home. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so that was the water cure. Amazing. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah, really good. I, as long as you don't have any um, specific triggers. triggers or anyone you know that you would recommend it to, as long as nobody has um, any sort of triggers that would, you know, relating to abuse of any kind, um, that aside, I do recommend that every woman read this. It is such an empowering story. Even women that have those triggers, if you have been working on those triggers and working with a therapist or a counselor or even with a fucking friend and a bottle of wine, like if you have been working through your shit and you're not just burying it it's good to know that you can rise above that oh yeah it's an empower it's a hard story to get through but the end of it is so worth it because it's such an uplifting conclusion to right. this, this horrible story not that we recommend murdering men we're not saying that <laughs> at all <laughs> nervous laughter <laughs> That reminds me of a meme I saw today, and it said, um, I'm so tired of numbers controlling my life, my weight, my age, my body, uh, the number of bodies buried in my backyard. (laughs) (laughs) There was another one, but I can't remember it. Oh my goodness, it's going to drive me crazy. Uh, but yeah, that that reminds me of that. <laughs> um, so yeah, please don't go murdering men. No, no, but no, no. But you can rise above the shit that has been in your life. And that shit, it was there. It was real. Yeah. It doesn't have to make you the victim. Exactly. You can take control. Yes. And, you and know, this become... can be for both genders. Yeah. It can totally be translated to... A man. And Men who being, have been shit on their entire Yeah, life. and just being taken down by the world so harshly. Right. And you can always rise above. You can always, always rise above. Yeah. That's and why... such an empowering story. That's why one of my... Not one of my... My next tattoo that I get... Mm-hmm. Um, I plan on getting a lotus flower. Do you know the, like, symbolism of that? So lotus flowers grow in mud. Uh-huh. And then they're just... They're beautiful flowers and parts of my life have been 
mud straight up dirt and I I think that's why I like flowers so much most of my tattoos are flowers I think that's why I like them so much because the they grow of, out of the of dirt overcoming I, yeah yeah that's yeah. awesome and that's gonna be my first tattoo that I that I can actually see it's gonna be on my wrist that's awesome I like yeah. that yeah oh I like that a lot yeah. So yeah, give the book a read, please. It's amazing. It's wonderful. We, Highly recommend. We both to... recommend it. Yes, it's a good book. Um, let us know what you think. Try the holy water. I would <laughs> not recommend drowning yourself in it. Don't um, do the water cure, but, but drink get the, holy the water, water cure. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> <laughs> so we totally just... we tried to like dab and like we That's totally a fist missed. Bump, not a dab. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Whatever the hell the kids are calling it. We tried a fist bump. And we missed. And we totally missed. Can you imagine missing when you die? How do you, what? I can see myself doing that, though. <laughs> the arms just, like, totally not where they're supposed to be. <laughs> Whew. Oh, that drink was a little bit stronger than the other ones we've had. Just a little. But we know, you know what? We needed it. We did. One. After this weekend, I sure as hell needed it. <sighs> but yeah. Um, so shout out to Age of Radio. They are the platform that helps us get our podcast out to all of you listeners on all of the different apps that you use. Go and check them out at ageofradio.org. There are a ton of other amazing podcasts out there. There's podcasts for everybody. Oh, yeah. But make sure you go and check them out. Um, Give us a shout-out if you... um, Not a shout-out. That is not... A review. Gosh dang it! (laughs) Close enough. (laughs) Uh, I had a little bit too much of that holy water. Give us a review. Like, review, and subscribe. Yes, download. those are the words. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> do all those things. Do all of that the things. That you normally do. You know what to do. Because you guys are amazing. You don't have to, we don't have to tell you. You already know. And you can find us on all the things. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are on Stitcher. We are on Pandora. And I should probably find out if we're on iHeartRadio. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't admit that. On the podcast. You know. I can take that out. No, no, no. You can leave it in. You can take it out. Whatever. If we're not on iHeartRadio, you should write them and be like, you need these girls. Hell yeah. We're cool. Um, but, um, if you want to reach out to us, um, we're on Instagram at Booklet Podcast. Um, you can email us at BookletPodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook at Booklet Podcast. Yeah, if you have any um, comments or um, suggestions for future books that we do, um, if you any um, input on whatever books we've read. Yeah, just let us know. Yeah, if just... you want to tell us that you freaking love us and laugh so hard you pee yourself with us. Please tell us. Because we like us. to hear stuff like that. We need to hear that people <laughs> like us. I need to hear that. I need to hear that. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. We're, we're here. If you ever want to reach out to us, yeah, definitely do. If you want to tell us that you hate us, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> or say it nicely. <laughs> be nice. Yeah, I cry easily. I'd be like, Holly only read this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Don't let Paige read that. <laughs> I don't know. Dear Hollywood only, here's some criti- some nice criticism. Since I'm the one who checks what, all what of the like? social media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be like, Hollywood only, here's yeah, some but constructive you know, criticisms. You know that I would still read that. 
Right. You would. <laughs> I would. <laughs> but the whole point is we don't want you to read that. Right. You, we want us to I, We want you Holly to like can us. take the criticism. Paige cannot. Paige cannot. Paige, Paige needs like the compliments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, she's the, she's the Hufflepuff. I'm the Slytherin. This is <laughs> true. It is very true. Everything goes back to a book. It does. You see, you see, it just all comes back to a book. Yeah. That's why we're here, talking about a book. So on that note, you guys have a great night. Yeah, now we're just rambling. We so, um, good night, guys. Happy reading. Happy reading. And this podcast was hosted and produced by Paige Turner and Hollywood. Bye.